Hi, this is Scott Porch. I write about the TV business, and I'm a podcast producer for Starburns Audio and Himalaya Media. Last of the Starks, episode four of the final season of Game of Thrones just ended, and I have uh, Westeros Weekly host Philip Molina for a snap reaction warning. Uh, This discussion will be loaded uh, with spoilers from Sunday night's episode. Philip, we're down to one dragon. Man, right? Oh gosh, definitely out of nowhere too. I mean, like I, I, I applaud the show for giving us as viewers the exact same reaction that Daenerys' forces had, which is like, wait, what? But man, it did not feel good. You know, it's we we weren't prepared. I think to lose anything else, let alone a dragon. So the out of nowhereness of it is, I think, really where I wanted to start. Uh, the discussion. I think a lot of the talk over the last week about uh, last week's episode has been about sort of how the series has progressed uh, over the course of this season with expectation versus surprise, which I think is basically the same thing as fan service versus uh, subversion. I I think you're hearing it sort of talked about both of those ways. I think they're basically the same thing. Are, Are you seeing the show in those terms this season? Uh, you know, it's so hard for me to, to think about whether or not they're doing fan service or subversion, because to me, you know, the, the, both of those parts are required elements for the story they're set to tell, right? There's the fans of Game of Thrones are so, so informed that to do fan service is to just execute the, and pay off the promises that they made to us. So it's like, oh, well, that's just fan service. Uh, and it's like, well... We, we 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 need that to be the conclusion because that's the one that we set up. Uh, and then when they try to subvert things and people you know get frustrated about that, it's it's also to me like an essential part of of the storytelling where it, it, I think a lot of the subversion comes from honestly the fact that we don't have the final books. Uh, and so you know they they're kind of like, I don't want to say they're winging it, uh, but there are things that's kind of I think what maybe we're all sensing here is, Anytime it feels like fan service, it's like, yeah, well, we've had, you know, a decade of studying this show and the books to predict these things. So now it feels like fan service and they have to do it. And then anytime it feels uh, intensely subversive, it tends to be something that we just didn't see coming because those books aren't written. Well, in some of these things, you, you 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 only subvert to an extent until you change the definition of what's happening. I mean, if we're still seeing John on a sort of traditional hero's journey arc, it makes sense that he doesn't want to be the king. I mean, up until a certain point. Well, he's refused the call more than any other hero I think we've ever had. Well, and so what is the sort of the A story, uh, you know, going forward? Is it to subvert the, the the expectation of, you know, he's the prince who was promised and, you know, he's going to sit on the Iron Throne? Or, or is it that, you know, that subverting that story is, is refusing the call all the way to the end? He just refuses it. I think that they made these last episodes long enough where it's not going to be all the way to the end. I think that it's going to happen the way so so something pulls you into the fight, right? You try to get out and it pulls you back in. I think that's Jon Snow's story again and again and again including resurrection being part of that. And so I think he's going to try I mean this episode was him trying to refuse it again, right? 
Uh, but I, I actually really love this angle that both Danny and Varys had, which is it doesn't matter if he refuses the call. It's it's like Littlefinger knew that the information alone can shatter the an empire. You know that's why the the biggest secret in in this whole series is this theory of, or this issue of of Jon Snow's true parentage. Everyone's always known this one fact could shake up everything. So that's actually bigger than Jon Snow, the man himself. Which is why you see Tyrion being given this information. Why you see Sansa telling Tyrion this information in in the episode? Oh, Just- completely. She's doing a little finger move. It's strategic. She's fully aware that if this she knows just as well as anyone else the way that information kind of goes viral and how one small move is a small chess move that uh you know three or four chess moves down down the line end up with hey we you lucked out the queen that you didn't like uh, is out of the picture and your brother is now king she knows what she's doing fully uh, this episode was structured i think very much like a movie you go from this sort of funeral to the party and these different little sort of sex stories that were playing out about a third of the way through the episode. And then it changes to this water battle and all of the things that happened at the end. Did you think that worked? Uh, well, I think it was all trying to set up a, what is the world after the, you know, we've, we've won after we won the battle against the night and against the dead, what is left and I think that the answer is it, what we see again and again is uh, it could be this, right? It could be momentary happiness, as Sansa tells the Hound, or you could admit that's not me, which is what Arya says, which is what Arya has always said. She said it to her father. Uh, you know, Nymeria and her had a moment like that. And I think that that's actually, that's what Jamie is saying. John is trying to say that that's something. Everyone is trying to for a moment to pretend that there's something else. And I even think, you know, Daenerys is trying to pretend that she isn't the uh, dictator that is, you know, too concerned, more concerned with power than, uh, than, you know, uh, whoever being on the throne, just being like the appropriate just ruler. Uh, I think that that's kind of what, what this whole episode was about was making sure that we knew that it's not going to be a happy ending, honestly. Like, it, it didn't get figured out after the last episode. What do you make of the enmity from uh, Sansa toward Daenerys? Is this as simple as two women who both think they should be queen? Is it... Oh, no, not no way. I, is I think this about that... Jon, primarily? Uh, is this about Starks? Is this about self-rule in the North? I think it's a lot easier to think about Sansa's uh, motivations when you think of her as Littlefinger mixed with Varys, where she's she's as uh, clever as Littlefinger, but she's got the concerns for you know the the larger realm. Except for in her case, it's probably just mostly for the North. Uh, I think that she is at least what the showrunners want us to feel right now. This episode was about the fall of Daenerys Stormborn Targaryen, right? We were we were supposed to feel that she is falling in line with her family and showing her true colors, or at least uh, becoming, you know, what, I mean, we've all called it the Mad Queen, right? Uh, and I think that what we're supposed to understand is Sansa's going to a place where she's so clever and she's seeing things so ahead that she she sees it happening already. She knows that's where we're headed. And I think that's why Arya, who who has gained our, our respect as someone who you know can see true motives and, and really understand uh, what the, the playing field looks like, 
is also telling us, yeah, John was right to bend the knee, and we are right now to tell you that she can't be trusted. I think it's kind of all confirmation that we're headed toward a Mad Queen scenario, and I think that's even shown to us with Masande's last words. She says, Dracaris, which is almost the, I mean, it's not it's not the exact same words, but it's the exact same meaning of what the Mad King was screaming when he was saying, burn them all. That's essentially what Masande is saying. Hmm. Dracaris, burn them all, burn burn down King's Landing. It was the same issue, and it's why the the Mad King was killed, which you know throws in that whole idea of could Jamie, you know, end up in a similar scenario to to when he when he did that killing way back when. Varys and Tyrion have an important discussion about whether John or Danny or John and Danny together would best rule the Seven Kingdoms, and the. It's left uh, sort of floating in the air that Varys is going to have Danny knocked off. Is that the way you heard it, or is there any alternative explanation for that? I doubt it. I, uh, I, it's kind of a bummer, but I, I really think that the decision's been made already. And yeah, he is saying that she's no longer good for it. She's not good for for the realm. It's funny that they're actually um, almost like puppets acting out Sansa's plan, actually. what And what do you think that looks like to Varys? Do you, do you take that, that Varys has already had discussions with Sansa specifically about what the mechanism of, of taking her down would look like? No, I think that Varys is going to do, you know, his own maneuvering and uh, we're setting up everything on the show. It feels like it's going to hinge on uh, the final betrayal against Daenerys Targaryen. Do you think the battle, the, the the big battle that we saw the previews for, will be mostly next week or something that will play out over over the last two episodes? Well, uh, I mean, it could be fun if there's a little bit uh, left over for the follow-up uh, episode after next week. But next week is directed by Miguel Sapochnik again, and that's your battle guy. Uh, that's the guy who did last week's episode, and he's, he did Hard Home and Battle of the Bastards. Uh, I think we're going to see something amazing next week. I think they want us to have no idea what it is. If you uh, watch the preview, uh, the teaser, they I mean, there was no word spoken. Uh, they're really trying to hide what that there's some major secrets in the battle. Uh, and I think um, specifically one big thing that we're not sure about, it's the final shot of the teaser. Uh, Euron Greyjoy looks up and he looks amazed or confused for a second. Uh, I think that we're going to be surprised by something related to Drogon. And the, the only guess I have, I got to put some more thought into it. Right now, I'm just thinking maybe he's got like a badass like suit of armor himself or something. I don't know. Well, how are they going to get through the castle? I mean, I thought that was interesting at uh, the end of the episode that, that Benioff and Weiss say that, you know, that they talk about these scorpion devices, um, you know, that are mounted on the ships, the one that took down one of the dragons in this episode and are, are mounted on these ships and mounted all over the castle. And I think they've set up this um, uh, sort of fair fight of, of, of how they would neutralize a dragon and, and, and just have the army fighting uh, uh two the the two armies fighting each other do you see a hole in there for for for, for a dragon to slide in uh, yeah a, a little sneaky hole they're gonna sneak the dragon into the back door uh i think no i think that that's why they're not showing us much because uh you know if daenerys targaryen's uh prophetic vision that she had way back when is going to come true 
we're going to see the Red Keep specifically burn down, ash raining down around her. Uh, and I think that there's a chance that maybe that's what they're hiding is that they have figured out a way to bring the dragon into the game. I think we've already seen the Scorpion devices execute uh well literally and 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 also like in terms of story uh their purpose they serve their purpose already so i i just don't think it's kind of uh satisfying to imagine that they're also going to use the same scorpion devices against drogon i think that's the threat but i think it's about time that maybe just once the the good guys has something up their sleeves uh, Westeros Weekly is not an awards podcast, but I think it's interesting, uh, particularly watching this episode and thinking about what uh, The Handmaid's Tale did last year, dominating, you know, a- acting category after acting category. I think there were seven or eight different individuals uh, nominated from that show last year, and it, it's not going to be eligible this season because it's going to premiere. Uh, uh, after the the Emmy eligibility, and I look at some individual performances like uh, Gwendolyn Christie uh, tonight, Peter Dinklage tonight, and and wonder if this is going to be the year when you're going to see you know maybe a half dozen um, um, characters uh, uh, actors n- nominated for for Game of Thrones. I totally actually would would put money on on you will unless they don't stick the landing. You know what I mean? Like if it if that last episode had leaves a bitter taste in people's mouths, I think people aren't going to want to reward that, even though uh, they should. This is amazing acting that we saw tonight, and and we've seen it all series. Yeah, were there other particular performances besides Gwendolyn Christie and Peter Dinklage that have jumped out at you in this season so far? Uh, I mean, I, I still got to always uh, underline that Peter Dinklage is insanely talented. So, you know, you're taking that one off the table. Uh, what I'll throw out there is that, to me, the um, the transformation of the uh, Stark girls, right, Arya and Sansa, uh, I think it is, is kind of, it was done so gradually and believably that we we kind of are just, okay, that's that's who they are now. But to remember that, you know, where they came from, I think that's it's a more subtle uh, performance that we're getting out of both of them and their changes but you know it, it's fascinating Arya I think it, it comes off as something almost um it non-human which I think is so fascinating that she can play it that way and then yet you know she looks at these little smirks and this, this little moment when she's riding away with the hound and she can acknowledge the joy of like oh they're back on a little road trip again well, and re- refusing the uh, marriage proposal in in uh, this right. episode seemed very much in 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 character for for where she is now at this point, and uh, and and sort of the, the the arc of that character. Yeah, I think I'm curious. I, I think people are gonna. I haven't read yet at all how anyone is feeling about this episode. I have a feeling that it's gonna split some people because characters are hitting their kind of their final fork in their trajectories. And they, you know, I was saying earlier that I think this episode was a lot about people remembering who they really are and what they really want uh, or learning that or coming close to realizing that. And I think that that's going to be a bitter pill for some people to swallow of, for instance, what Jamie's true uh, purpose of returning to King's Landing is. If it really is that he loves Cersei above all else, I think we're going to have a lot of frustrated fans 
and I'm not even saying because it's a bad choice. I think that they're going to hate the fact that they invested in this guy's redemption and then he burned them. But I'll be honest, I think that that's kind of more believable to the guy who spent most of his life being a bad guy, pushing a kid out a window, being in an incestuous relationship, assassinating people. I mean, he's he was never a good guy. And then he spent a few years, you know, kind of working on it. And to me, that can bring him up to a gray morality but to imagine that he's going to be this uh you know he's going to stay home and, and cook for brian and and their kids or something seems un- unrealistic so i think it's not going to be popular i think a lot of people are going to feel bittersweet about a lot of uh, things about where we're headed uh but also you know what we'll we'll have to see if he if hope uh, uh, a lot of people are going to hope maybe he's playing us all too and maybe he's going to take down uh cersei himself and pay off a, a little angle of that prophecy that's from the books. Uh, this is actually the big question that we're going to go into tomorrow, is what is most likely to be uh, Jamie's plan. Uh, so what's the plan for uh, Westeros Weekly this week? You'll have, uh, of course, snap reaction. This episode will go up shortly. And then what? what's the plan for the week? Yeah, so so we'll put out Westeros Weekly on the podcast first as soon as we can, going into the Jamie question, but also we already have a list of other uh, major questions. Uh, a lot of them ha- surprisingly have to do with character motivations uh, this week, um, but then uh, and a good amount about about Daenerys Targaryen, uh, and then we'll have the breakdown uh, later in the week, going into um, some of the deeper meanings and some uh, homages that were in this episode, uh, and then. Uh, after that, we'll break down the teaser for next week, which I I already started doing that actually just by watching it again and again. And I think there's some minor clues about where this thing's headed, but I've I've, I've rarely seen the show tr- like try to be as secretive as they're being about this battle. To me, it felt like the trailers for Endgame where it's very clear we're getting the first shots of the episode in that teaser. Uh, Westeros Weekly, the podcast, has been growing uh, week for week uh, over these last three weeks of Game of Thrones, and there are a lot of podcasts, videos, blogs, everything you know is kind of uh, very, very animated about Game of Thrones right now. Have you seen since... Avengers Endgame ended a week ago, a, a, a pretty significant turn toward everybody's undivided attention now being on Game of Thrones. Uh, no, not completely shifted away. Um, I think that it turns out this always kind of blows my mind, but you know, there's people that still haven't seen Endgame, right? <gasps> uh, what? Right, which is crazy. So I think you know, Endgame just crossed uh, uh, past Titanic uh, to become the number two most profitable movie of all time, uh, and I think that's not stopping anytime soon. So there's certainly, and there's so many questions about where that's heading. I think there's something to the fact that even though it feels like the MCU ended, it has a has a finality to it. We all know that it's not over, and so that puts us in a situation of something that feels like it's done, but we know it's not. That means there's a lot of questions, a lot of people talking about where it might go. I think Game of Thrones is going to keep, you know, owning the weeks as as they come, but we all know it's headed toward an end and some finality. So I think there's a little less theorizing going on these days, and I think that's maybe even why you're seeing the rise of more hot takes on whether or not Game of Thrones is sticking the landing. Uh, I think it's because people don't have much theory left to, to go over, you know? 
of course, neither of these franchises are really over. I mean, we've got on the MCU Spider-Man, you know, Far From Home and about six weeks and a gajillion more uh, uh, movies and, 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 and shows on the Disney Plus streaming service uh, on the way. And then on the Game of Thrones side, uh, you know, George R.R. R. Martin said in his blog, as many as three of the spinoff shows are progressing forward right now. So I, I think there's going to be plenty more of all of this in the next several years. Oh, yes. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. My livelihood <laughs> depends on it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll look forward to Westeros Weekly uh, Big Question episode on Monday, breakdown on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, and uh, another big episode on Sunday night. Yep. Uh, I, I, like, I'm starting to get to the place where I'm starting dreading these because I know it's it's it made, they made it clear tonight. I feel like it's only going to get worse the opposite of the anti-bullying campaign well the last two episodes i think are only going to get better it, it looks like it's uh, a, a setting up to be a a, a a pretty amazing finale yeah we're lucky as fans of television but our hearts are going to be broken as fans of these characters i think 